You're listening to the Big Finish podcast. It's the 2nd of January 2017. <laughs> Hello, I'm Nick Briggs. My illustrious pop star of a co-host, Benji Clifford, is still wallowing around in a pit of mince pies and um, raspberry fool. <laughs> anyway, in case you didn't know, a Big Finish are the purveyors of fine audio drama and audio books. We do a lot of Doctor Who. You know, there's other stuff like The Prisoner, The Omega Factor, Survivors, Dracula, Frankenstein. I could go on, but I'm recording this on New Year's Eve and I must get on. Now, as you may or may not have known, uh, if you're a regular listener to the Big Finish podcasts, our regular format of having news and emails and an interview and a randomoid selectatron where we randomly select a release from the Big Finish archives to have a chat about, that's that's all on hold for this holiday period but it will be returning in the next podcast yeah that's next monday from next monday benji clifford will be back and everything will be nicely in place again but uh, for this podcast and we have done for the previous podcast we're looking back at some of the uh, best possibly nicest um, most interesting i don't know i randomly selected some interviews <laughs> from 2016 and coming up in this issue of the podcast we start off with none other than tom baker yes but i need to say no more about tom baker uh, and then frank skinner uh, for those of you who outrageously don't know he's a, a comedian and actor of some note certainly in the uk he did appear in an episode of doctor who recently uh, the the one with the mummy on a train you know in space yeah uh frank is a huge doctor who fan and has appeared in uh, a couple of our doctor who stories one of them hasn't been announced or released and it was during the recording for that that uh, frank and i had a chat Another comedy slanted person, a strange way of putting it, I don't know why I said it like that, is John Coleshaw, um, who is a big, big Doctor Who fan and has been in quite a few big Finnish productions, including The Avengers. Yeah, but he was in doing a Doctor Who uh, at some point in 2016, and we had a good old chat. And following that, our final specially featured interview from 2016 in this podcast is Lou Jameson. Louise Jameson, who is uh, who played Leela in Doctor Who, as you know. Why am I telling you things you already know? Well, anyway, she was Leela with the fourth Doctor, and she continues to be so uh, with us in the audio adventures. She's also the star of our uh, revamped version of The Omega Factor, which uh, she starred in back in the 70s, and has been writing for us and appearing in uh, Survivors and all sorts of other things. Um, she She's become a good friend to us all at Big Finish over the last few years. And uh, at some point during the year, Lou and I had a, a sort of, I, would, I was going to say serious chat, but it, it, wasn't, it wasn't serious at all. Anyway, that's all coming up later. So let's start off now with Tom Baker. Hello, Tom. I am Nick. I am. I'm always here. Welcome to the Big Finish Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Um, now, there are two questions I normally ask people in these podcasts. And one of them is about uh, listening to Big Finish. But I rather think that you don't listen to them. Or do you? Well, 
I don't. I have occasionally listened uh, to sections I'm not in. I admire them a lot, but I don't usually want to confess. But as I'm now near to death, I feel I should make some confessions, <laughs> which is that, frankly, I can't stand the sight of myself oh. or the sound of myself. And so I never want to hear that as long as you're pleased. And so when you're pleased, or especially David, who is uh, my contact here, dear David, if he's pleased, I'm ecstatically happy. Um, and anyway, I'm not really, I'm not particularly um, qualified to, you know, take a script apart or performances. Uh, I'm hopelessly biased, of course, because as I've often said to David, I've never been happier in my life in a, in a, in a long-term job. And to be working at Big Finish, I don't have to say this, but I will say it, uh, I'm perfectly happy, marvelously happy here. It's, it's not too far for me to come. And I love the scripts and, of course, love the actors. And uh, we have one good time here. So you're never tempted to listen to see how it all turns out? Because what's confused me is that occasionally you've said, oh, it's incredible what you do with the sound effects and music. So I thought, oh, he has listened to something. Yes, I have. I have listened to some 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 bits. And, and I do admire that because it's so detailed. Um but I don't. I don't listen to you know to my performance really. It doesn't give me much pleasure. What What is that? What's that about that you don't like uh, listening to yourself? Or? Well, I don't know. I suppose it, it's a it's a kind of uncertainty. And and sometimes because I'm uh, often do commercials and I've done you know quite a lot of voice work and people often uh, on my website say say nice things about the work I do. And it's a terrible thing, you know, to when people say they like the way you do a certain thing. Yeah. It can make an actor, it's, uh, this actor anyway, terribly self-conscious. And whenever a similar situation comes up, you think, ah, am I just doing that regular number, you know? Right. I, I, oh, what I like yeah. is this kind of the hurly-burly of this and, and, and your fast notes and our fast responses and, and, and the fun of being with actors and telling the story. Hmm. So my other question is about entertainment generally. What um, is entertaining you at the moment, you know, on television or a book or anything you've seen, or something that's entertained you? Uh, no, uh, I, don't, I, don't watch, uh, I don't watch television, scarcely anything on television. It's something that I talk to chums about my age. And uh, no, I'm, I don't watch very much on television. Uh, occasionally I have watched an old film or something like that, but very rarely. I've lost interest in uh, in sport as well, uh, but now I find myself going to bed pretty early, and uh, I've got a dog, you know, which keeps me active, and so I'm I'm rather tired by uh, six o'clock at night. So after my early supper, I go to bed with uh, with my favourite books. I, I reread. I'm now rereading writers or. Uh, sometimes rereading and toying all the time with doing a little recording of some Shakespeare sonnets and then finding uh, I either don't understand them or if I do understand them, people wouldn't like what I understood in them. Um, <laughs> so that's what I do. I lead a very quiet life in a very idyllic place. Uh, twice a week I go to London to do voiceovers and every few weeks I'm here in Wadhurst with you boys having a happy time. Is it as regular as that, doing voiceover? Twice a week. Oh yes, I mean, I think uh, I think last week, well, yes, day before yesterday, I, I did um, I did um, six scripts for a Dutch firm. Yeah, um, yes, I, I am quite in demand um, for certain things. Yes, uh, yeah, and I'm glad about it. I like doing voiceovers. I don't listen to them either. <laughs> 
Going back to the entertainment thing, you never ever tempted to watch television if someone says to you, oh, there's this really good thing on, Tom. Are you, do you ever... I mean, you have a television, I presume. Oh, no, we've got several televisions. and We've got uh, nearly a cinema room in my house, yes. But, uh, and I have a very informed and energetic wife. And so uh, she tells me everything's on television. And I talk about it in the pub afterwards and say how I enjoyed it. Because people are a bit alarmed if you say you never watch television. But I hear about it. And I, curious enough, I read reviews. I read a lot of newspapers, um, really a lot of newspapers. And, uh, and I read reviews of, uh, of what's on television. Um, and I enjoy that. But actually seeing them, no, I don't think I... It's, you know, I, I'd rather get back to old books and old stories, really. <laughs> You know, this business of uh, coming back to Doctor Who yeah. and having such a fun time doing it, yeah. is it in any way, has that been a surprise to you? Um, yes, it, it, ha it was a surprise to me when we came back and, and this boomed along. Because, of course, when I say I've been, I've been doing Doctor Who, I, I never really did anything else except Doctor Who. <laughs> I mean, when I played Macbeth, I remember um, <coughs> afterwards one of the... Um, Critics saying, saw Tom Baker as Macbeth last night. Amazing performance, absolutely amazing. I had no idea Macbeth was such a charming man. Um, so that was the origin of my, of my Doctor Who, really. Uh, you see, I was brought up very religiously. Therefore, by that I mean steeped in nonsense. Uh, steeped in miracles and madness and walking on water and, uh, and running fish uh, dues on beaches and things like that. And so I was brought up to believe the impossible, to accept it and act on it. Um, and so when I got Doctor Who, I fell back on all that thing. I don't find anything preposterous as I'm working as an actor. Mm. I very rarely say to you, this is preposterous. Of course it's preposterous. Actually, I think life is preposterous. But um, um, I was all geared up for it, for the fantastical, for the unbelievable, and for the absence of science or physics or indeed common sense. And the beautiful thing about Doctor Who, Doctor Who is a kind of fantasy, isn't it? It's a dream world. It, it, there is no, no acknowledgement of any kind of physics at all. It's played with conviction, and we believe that we're dematerializing and rematerializing in another galaxy, thousands of, year, of years ahead, if we want. It's right up my street. And uh, in other words, uh, yeah, I was born for this kind of madness. Yeah. The, uh, the, the, pre the preposterous... Th thing. I, I often use that since you first said that to me about I think the first script we sent you you said uh, yeah it's uh, it's nice and pre preposterous Well know? yes it is I, Which, mean, that, I mean that's why I reread the Bible so regularly because it's utterly <laughs> preposterous isn't it uh, The only the thing I wanted to find out about was that you know um, given how much you know the preposterousness of Doctor Who appealed to your fundamental programming as it were you know, you stopped doing it a long time ago, and it was a long, long time before you came back to it. So I'm just interested in, you know. Well, it's not true that I that I stopped doing it. You see, because the the film that uh, some film work um, and some television since, but everything I was offered afterwards was because of my success in Doctor Who. So producers yeah. and directors would ask me to do uh, things, and so naturally, the only, in the early days, particularly after uh, after 1974. Uh, whenever I was in a play, um, uh, lots and lots of Americans and, and British fans used to pile in to see the play. 
So if I was doing an Inspector Calls, you know, which is a kind of sermon, isn't it, really? Mm. Or Macbeth, you know, which uh, I just wanted to look on the bright side. Um, <laughs> because the audience in there were actually wanting me to be um, Doctor Who, because that's all they knew. They were curious to see Doctor Who as Macbeth. And so while I didn't dare produce a sonic screwdriver in the murder scene. Um, <laughs> Are I you tempted at all? <laughs> I, I still uh, did certain, uh, you know, I didn't wink either, but uh, I did do double takes in the car and also walked in a certain kind of way, which caused great hilarity. Uh, they didn't care I was bad. They just wanted to see me, really. Uh, and that's how it happened. Everywhere I went doing things, I had to do it. I've only really got one style, and that is this kind of... Uh, uh, finding life uh, a little bit baffling and uh, pretending that I understand it, really. I have spent all my life working strenuously to hide the fact that I don't quite understand what's going on. Uh, fortunately, I have a wife who tells me what's going on and gets me to the station on time. Um, but that's how I am, really. And, uh, and it's not going to change. I'm too old to change now. You know, I've been... I've been a, th a, th a thousand months is a good, a good long lifetime. I've passed that, uh, and that's four thousand weeks. That's twenty nine thousand two hundred days. That's two and a quarter billion heartbeats. So I'm not going to change my ways now. Too late. That's quite, uh, a, that's quite a calculation. Well, yes. Uh, when it comes to death, I'm a bit calculating. <laughs> we don't want you to change. No, no, Tom. I, you don't. All we, right. We don't want you to change. All right. I tell you what, though, it's lunchtime. Uh, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Now, I'll, I'll just think of some way of distorting the next story. <laughs> hey -ho. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Nick. As if you didn't know, that was Tom Baker there. And now, Frank Skinner. I went through all the Colin Baker um, lost episodes. And, uh, I'd, yeah, I've been doing some old Tom Bakers, just or some new Tom Bakers, I suppose. And uh, I just, I like it. One of the things I've always loved about Doctor Who is that um, the television company cannot stop it. So if they said there's going to be no Doctor Who till Christmas, not in my house. <laughs> so yeah, I listen to that a lot. I still watch, you know, classic Who in the early hours and stuff like that. I still, I just um, recently read um, Doctor Who and the Daleks, the Target novelization. The the original one, yeah, yeah. I'd love to do an audio adaptation of that because it's quite different from the actual TV thing. Yeah, I think it's. I like this idea of getting people who sound like the Doctors to do the Doctors because it's very important with with Doctor Who that um, mortality is irrelevant. That's at the very core of the show, after all. So um, yeah, I like the idea of like Fraser Hines doing Patrick Troughton and all that sort of thing i think there should be more of it that's quite there's been quite a change actually because there was a point years ago when we sort of floated the idea and everyone seemed to be against it I, I wonder what's changed why people think it's acceptable now because they do i think you're right yeah it's tricky i mean i when i listen to a big finish i like the fact that there's somebody from the original story in there somewhere it does give it an authenticity. It gives it, you know, kudos. And I still, if you're going to do um, Troughton and Hartnell and Pertwee, I'd still want some of the original cast if they're around, if at all possible. But, I'm, you know, if I live to be 100, I'm happy for my son to be listening to an all-impersonated 
uh, first, second, third, fourth Doctor series, that'd be fine. And um, what in particular is uh, tingling your molecules about Big Finish at the moment? Anything that you particularly like? Well, I don't know whether I'm up to date or not, because I tend to get um, the bundles. I've actually, I, I go into subscription land in September, but in the meantime, I'm, I'm, I'm going quite randomly. I just listened to um, Lola Ward doing um, The Babble Sphere, which I thought was really one of my favourite Big Finish stories ever. Because I thought, when I realised it was a sort of a Twitter parody, I thought, oh, this is, I, I sort of know how this is going to go. But I thought it was brilliantly well done, and I, I really properly enjoyed it. The Doctor sniffed the air and pulled a face. <laughs> Traces of polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons. Someone's overdone the Sunday roast. Ramana nudged the doctor, indicating the oddly dressed corpse on the floor, a short distance away. Um, doctor, reminds me of the time I did the catering for Alfred the Great. The doctor fell silent as he noticed the corpse. He dashed over to it, crouching to examine the scorch marks around the man's ears. Polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons. Burned flesh. Do not move. If you move, you will be shot. So why have they locked you up, if you don't mind me asking? I've been found guilty of clandestination. Clandestination? The crime of having private thoughts. I don't understand. Surely everybody's thoughts are private. We're not here, they're not. Not since the Babel Network started. The Babel Network? What attracts you to particular Big Finish things? Is it the Doctors, or have you started to notice the names of the writers? No, I've never been, been very big on the writers. I know that's a terrible thing to say, but um, I find uh, when people talk about... This is why I, you know, I found I'm a bad fan, when people talk about episodes and who wrote it. Unless it's someone like Moffat or someone like that, I often don't know who wrote what episode. So um, I'm I'm pretty poor on that. No, it's 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 mainly the um, the picture of a, a doctor or a companion that I um, recognise. I also like the idea of the lost story things that um, it would have happened. It would have been on the telly. So that gives it, a, 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 I suppose, some some credit. Have you ever ventured beyond Doctor Who in Big Finish? You know what? I never have, and I know. Um, Again, that makes me a bad big finish, man. <laughs> um, ones that have tempted me, because I, um, I really love The Prisoner and The Avengers, for example, when they were TV shows. Um, but I, this is the same with me with so many things. I, I will get in at night and think, oh, I'll watch that thing I recorded. And then I think, but you know what? I, I could be watching an episode of um, oh, the, the Pirate Planet. I might as well do that. <laughs> and in the end, you don't know anything else or listen to anything else. But no, I, I can tell the way you're looking at me accusingly. I should branch <laughs> out into other, into other uh, stories. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to sort of uh, emotionally blackmail you into into, you know, the prisoner at least. No, it's lovely because I know that for Big Finish, Doctor Who is the main auditorium, mm. and um, and the other stories are the experimental studio theatre that gets about fifty people. But <laughs> um, I, I will one day but it, what you'd have to do is just stop bringing out Doctor Who for a bit and then I think well now I'll try some of the other stories but you're not going to do that Nick let's face it no no it is true that Doctor Who uh, is our mainstay um, with the old Doctor Who do you have any uh, particular I don't know favourite 
seasons or stories or you know ones you good old ones you go back to i mean like i i will always go back and watch the ark in space or the silurians or something mm. like that i feel <clears throat> they make me feel at home <laughs> yeah so. yeah i know what you mean but I, it does change from day to day I, I, it's like when people say who's your favorite doctor yeah. I, sometimes i'm in the mood for colin and sometimes i'm in the mood for tom and uh, and so the favourites move about a bit. And, and also, when I find myself talking about the favourites, it's often the ones that everyone else likes. Although I like the, t- the twin dilemma, which is, um, which is a fairly avant-garde choice. That is, isn't it? Yeah. That's right. But, nice. I, but I do like, you know, Genesis of the Daleks and Talons of Wang Chang and all that sort of stuff that you'd expect people to say. Mommy on the Orient Express, obviously, would be That's up a, there. a classic. <laughs> totally. <laughs> There was a brilliant character in that. I can't, no, I can't remember. <coughs> no, and 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 listen, I think is uh, is really deep. That's worth watching a few times because t- that to me almost transcends New Who or Classic Who. It seems to be at the very core of what Doctor Who is about. That episode. What about outside of Doctor Who generally? What's um, uh, tingling your molecules? Uh, uh, in general entertainment you know series on tv or the radio or the theater whatever well i very recently um and i mean very recently watched broadchurch right (laughs) um so uh i've been saying to people that broadchurch is very good isn't it and they say wait is it back um and i often do that but you see even that again i have to confess i don't know if i would have watched that if chris chibnall hadn't been announced as the new showrunner <laughs> i just wanted to work out whether he's any good or not he's good isn't he he's good yeah. and uh, of course i do like also that there's a bit of slightly scratchy footage of him moaning about the series in the 1980s when he was a young man <laughs> yes. so he seems to have all the qualifications to be uh, to be in that chair yeah he's a very nice chap good yeah he lives just around the road from me yeah okay what are you going to listen to next from big finish do you think um i'm in the midst of one i mean i'm not very good on the titles i'll be honest with you but this it, it's it's um it's mary tam and tom baker the one i'm listening i'll be when i get on the train i'll be finishing this off <laughs> and it's uh oh god if i tell you the story yeah, do you I'll think you, yeah, yeah, you'll on. know what it is i'm going to i'm going to test you on that so um can i actually remember i don't want to get mixed i just i just did the auntie matt and i don't want to get the two mixed up yeah <laughs> that one uh, that one was recommended to me the one i'm dealing with is oh god i don't know if i can even remember the story nick i listened to so many of them that they've all mixed into one another but it's very good anyway i was just vainly hoping it might be one of mine it could, it could <laughs> <I> be <laughs> as you know i don't take any notes of who wrote it <laughs> I just, no, that's I just for me remember not the for you. plot now what's going on it's not about um it was recommended actually as one i i, I looked at a where to start with the fourth doctor oh right yes. and uh, it was it was one of the ones recommended on that okay well i'm <laughs> this is great this is great broadcasting <laughs> This is this is, you've heard the podcast. I mean, yeah, you know, exactly. this, is, this is about the standard. Yeah, this is, this is gold. <laughs> it this is, is yeah. podcast yeah. gold. <laughs> yeah, there's no. no I've had a slight mental blank on it. I was a bit worried. I was only listening to it this morning, but hey, well, that's it, life. It'll come back to you oh. later. It was. I, I mentioned to you earlier that um, when uh, we uh, met, which was doing the 
five five-ish doctors. Five-ish yeah. doctors. You mentioned something to me about how annoying it was trying to get Big Finish onto your mobile device. Yes. And that, that you saying that has been brought up at several meetings by me and I think led to the app and we're getting a new really? app soon. Yeah, and you use the app. I the do one, use the app. Yeah. It's much, much better. I mean, I used to have to zip and download and reintroduce and all sorts of things. Did you actually do that yourself? No, my personal assistant did it for me. <laughs> but she took a hell of a time and it didn't always work. I mean, when I was actually So she in, must be really relieved about the app. Oh, then. God, she loves the app. Um, when I was in Dark Eyes 2, um, of course, I had to download that as, as soon as possible. And uh, I, it took about three days. What? Yeah, really. It was, uh, but that might be partly me. But now... It's as if a, a, a door has opened and the sunshine has, has come in, which I'm, I'm extremely pleased about. Well, it's going to get even better. It will be. It will be slightly annoying, I think, when the new app comes in, because I think it will just take everything away from your old version. But it, it is a much better version, easier to search, easier to download. This is a commercial. Yes. Thing, no, but that's important to me. And... Uh, you know, I just want to sit on the bus and go ping and then listen to it. I, 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 I don't want to be zipping if no. I can possibly avoid it. No. And you, but you do get them, you do buy them on a computer, though. Yeah, I'd say, but I'd say I get bundles. I mean, even the no. subscription I've got started in September was a sort of one of those 48-hour bargain thing. I mean, you know, I've got money. <laughs> but um, So do you keep an eye on the Big Finish site for bargains? Then, oh, yeah, totally. Like, yeah, all the time. Well, I have Who News, which is that, you know, that app that gives you all, everything that's on the internet, more or less. I, no, I didn't I, know I would it. absolutely recommend Who News. So anything interesting about Doctor Who, and sometimes not that interesting, just comes up as an alert on my phone. Oh my if God. I looked at my phone now, yeah. it might, I might be on airplane. So I'll take it off airplane mode, and, and I'll show you. Uh, this is a moment now where I am taking my phone off airplane mode. Always slightly bitter in that it's called airplane mode, whereas we don't actually use the word airplane in this country. That's very irritating. Is this an Apple device? Um, this is um, an iPhone. Yeah, that's all right, because the new app is just for Apple. And then this is Who News. So, um, yeah. for example, Doctor Who Missy Tattoo Ceramic Mug for sale. <laughs> uh, uh, coming soon, Titan Comics, the ninth Doctor number one. This is this is the hot news and, arriving. And big finish stuff arrives on that as well, does it? Can you name the Doctor Who episode from just one picture of a Dalek? Now you would like yeah, that yeah. quiz. Yeah, yeah, I could do that as well. The, the Radio Times quizzes, I, I, I really like those. Have you done any of those? No. They're pictorial quizzes, and they're stuff like that. Or they might be like a Doctor's last words, and you have to attribute it to the Doctor or things. That's really good fun. I sadly think that I could identify any Doctor Who episode from the 1970s. I thought you were going to say from your bank statement. <laughs> from the 1970s. Um, by just listening to about three seconds of incidental music. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Because well, I, I used to... Did you ever tape record it off the telly, audio-wise? I didn't, I but I tell you what I do now. I bought that um, 50th anniversary album of the soundtrack album, which has that, you know, starts well, with the original theme. It has that sort of... Uh, 60s beat music that Susan dances to. Oh, I know. Yeah, and then goes right up to the current day. But, um, yeah, I, even, again, that changes. Sometimes I, I just want to hear, you know, um, 
don't know, the, the Rybos experiment or something like that. Rebos operation. Rebos operation. Yeah, and, and, and just those <laughs> type moments. I'm happy with that. <laughs> I don't need the, the grand orchestral and Mori Gold stuff, but then sometimes I'm aching for some MG. Well, that's the good thing, isn't it? There's lots of variety. Um, without you would have done an interview today all about this recording which we're not talking about here because it's top secret because it's not coming not coming out for years yes um what about the overall experience you've had two experiences of recording the big finish now you know um what are your feelings about it i felt we it descended into chaos this afternoon slightly yeah i like that though there is a there is a sense of um actors larking about also there was a bit of a sense of sir has gone home now <coughs> And after Tom had gone, I thought everyone got a bit skittish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that he wasn't, you know, tremendous fun, because he, he was. But, yeah, um, yeah the, it, it, everyone did get a little bit um, stir-crazy. But I like that. I, I'm, I'm not a good enough actor to do that, because I'm so busy staring at my lines and trying to get them right. So I, I admire the fact that they can um, indulge in horseplay and then just do it perfectly yeah, you were very diligent and and quite quiet a lot of the time yeah I'm, i mean i was partly i was just in awe shock and awe um but also um you know i whenever i'm around actors like when i did um, mommy on on the orient express the sort of uh, the guest actors were also and obviously capaldi was astonishing <laughs> and he's doing speeches like 18 inches from my face and i'm you know, he did one speech which didn't actually make the final cut when he talked um, basically about all these devils and demons. When it comes down to it, they're just gas and electronic phenomena and all that. And when he finished it and they said cut, I just clenched my fist together and went, Doctor Who! <laughs> you're, not the, you're not really supposed to do that when you're an actor. But today I was... Um, <laughs> I was so cool and undemonstrative with uh, with Tom Baker, which I was quite pleased about. He's good fun, isn't he? Yeah, he's brilliant, it, isn't he? He's really and then on it. We did a photo shoot, and it suddenly all came. <laughs> it just kind of bursted out of me, <laughs> and he was okay with it. Yeah, he's kind of used to it, I think. I think yes. He he said to me that it's 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 now moved up from adoration to worship. <laughs> There's quite a sort of legendary quality about him, isn't there? It's I mean, you know, I, I was extremely excited to um, to work with Paul McGannis. I'm, I'm not going to try and play it down, you know. I um, I find it incredibly exciting just to be around anyone who's who's been involved with the program. I include yourself in this. Nick. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, it's been lovely to have you here. Yeah, I've I've totally enjoyed it. I must do it, how are you? Frank Skinner there. What a lovely fellow. He even posed... We, we went on the uh, train together on the way home from the studio and he even posed for a selfie with me, which was purely for professional reasons for the photograph uh, for the podcast news story. Anyway, so that was uh, Frank. What's coming up next? Oh, yes. The um, well-known uh, comedian, actor, impersonator, John Colshaw. <laughs> Yes, so, John Colshaw, welcome to the Big Finish podcast. Yes, it's a joy to be here and a joy to be within the podcast, within this dimension. Um, <laughs> so I, I love the way you're entering into the spirit of it. Um, yes, I think you got to, yes. I'd, uh, we're not going to discuss why you're here. Okay. 
because that's that's top secret right <laughs> but uh, is it true to say that you have uh, an affection for Doctor Who oh my goodness me I have always loved Doctor Who since my earliest memory absolutely always always have and I can remember my first episodes I, w I was a Pertwee child and I think it was perhaps the demons or the time monster one of those and I just watched absolutely transfixed and there was no going back and uh, getting to know the Pertwee era I wanted to discover the Troughton and the Hartnell era and the Peter Cushing movie and um, it just never leaves you once you, you know and I, I feel the same warmth and, and love for the program now as, as ever it only gets stronger I think it's the same for me. So yes, yes, I sympathize. feel like a kindred spirit yeah. here, Nick. So, um, did that lead you into, because I suppose it's still true to say what you're most well known for is impressions, impersonating yes, yes. people, although you do lots of acting and things as well. Uh, it's kind of the same thing. What's the difference between it and in person, in doing impressions and acting, or is there no difference at all? Um, I think w with the impressions, more often than not, you're in a sketch sort of a quick burst so you're aiming for exaggeration and you're aiming for a joke point a punchline and you're stretching things and um, showing the ridiculousness of things um, which is great fun to do um, but why I, I love doing the, the, the drama as well especially now doing more of that at this time is you're, you're following a story you know you, it, it's not such a quick quick uh, hit aiming for the punchline and out and there's you know less exaggeration you're following a, a story a different different pace and it uses a different part of your brain somehow mm. was that something did you set out to be an impressionist or is it something that kind of crept up upon you when you realized you had a facility for doing that sort of thing i think it did creep up actually yes uh, I, I i used to be uh, after i left school i got a job at the local radio station um doing the overnight show as, as a dj talking in between the records and um, I did that for a few years at various stations Pennine Radio in Bradford Viking Radio in Hull and there was um, a time when um, it was at Viking Radio in Hull and funnily enough um, Peter Davison was doing a show at uh, one of the theatres nearby there and um, he had a little chat on my show which I was very uh, very um, delighted about at the time and I just went into a few voices here and there um, and um, it was Anne-Marie, the receptionist at Viking Radio. I'm telling you my life story here, dear, oh dear. This is what we want. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me want to go into Paul O'Grady's voice and just be all anecdotal. And Anne-Marie, God love her, there she was. Um, and she said to me, you know, don't, don't waste the fact you can do that. Maybe that should be a focus instead of, you know, talking in between the records. And yes, I think a light bulb did appear above my head. And I thought, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll go after that. And having done the uh, presenting on radio, I suppose that gives you the ability to be able to just improvise in front of an audience. Yes, yes, a, a little bit. Certain things that an audience gives you or something will remind you and it'll give you a trigger to something and you can just go off in all of those different uh, directions. I suppose radio is a good grounding for that because it's so instantaneous and spontaneous. So uh, it does give you a, a bit of a, a practice run. In that um, direction, I, I remember as well um, from this time watching um, John Pertwee's one-man show uh, around about 1993. This wasn't; it was at the Charter Theatre in Preston, and um, 
I'd asked if I could go and, and do a quick interview uh, with him, very much like the way we're doing now. Um, and uh, I, I could hear that voice from behind the, from behind the, the door there telling a story. So we designed it and we built it. Um, <laughs> and uh, it made me nervous to knock on the door. It took up a bit of courage to actually finally do it. And then, uh, yeah, that's all right, yes, <laughs> have a seat, have some cake. And he was just so charming. He was such a, what a brilliant raconteur I remember him being. Um, such a brilliant, brilliant storyteller. Fantastic, fantastic. I found him slightly intimidating to me. I met him several times. Yes. He could be quite unforgiving. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I imagine sometimes that, that manner by, by which he would speak to the brigadier uh, uh, would sometimes come out in, in real life. <laughs> definitely, definitely. I think, I don't know what you think about this, whether it's conf controversial, um, but I think that um, the Doctor was his his best ever acting role. Yeah. I think it was his best yes. performance, you know. It really was, yes. I, I absolutely think so. Um, you know, the gravitas that he brought to that, the sense of the action hero, the humour, um, the, the care, you know, every, everything that's great about Doctor Who. You can go to any point of the universe at any time. You, you, you've, you are literally free as anything like that, but also very rooted to those very emotional moments right right in front of you, things like that. Uh, he, could, he really played that so beautifully as well. And I absolutely agree. I think it was just utterly marvellous the full spectrum in there and he really made you care about the companions and about what was going on I, I loved that this is one of my earliest Doctor Who memories um, when you know John Pertwee's Doctor I think was a great one to watch as your first as a child because when you, when you see the, the, the monsters the threats the enemies appearing the way that the sea devils just used to lurk and that slow build oh that was chilling that but uh John Pertwee's doctor instantly knew exactly what to do. It was almost like a reflex reaction. Protecting the companions, identifying the threat, and knowing exactly what everyone should do. That was marvellous. Absolutely marvellous. I think that if he uh, had been doing his Doctor Who today, mm. when he left the programme, he would have been offered loads more straight roles, wouldn't he? But that didn't happen. It was a different world television then. If you got known for something... Yes. It was like a curse almost, as opposed yes. to these days, if you do really well, then people come running to make you the star of other things. Yes, I think that's true. There's this sense of marketing that's sort of come in and uh, people want to take your profile from there and nail it onto there, in a sense. Whereas in those days, it, it seemed as though in order to you know be ready for the next thing, you just needed a little bit of clear blue water just for the people's perceptions to just ease off a bit from there yeah. before you could take on the next thing which which he did so so brilliantly yes yeah uh, thinking about what you were talking about how you know you were doing impressions and doing uh, acting as well now has there been a plan in your career a vague one <laughs> I think <laughs> a, a vague one my plan has always been I think it's uh, you don't always know what you want to do but you, you know what you don't want to do and oh, just yeah. look at it from that way around and just sort of see what happens things r ring true um, I'm loving doing that little bit more drama now it, it's wonderful to be here um, um, you know there's such very happy days here and the stories are so delicious and beautifully done um, 
so yeah doing, doing a little bit more drama is a, that, that's a pleasing thing yeah at this time okay any plans for the future that you dare share with us any thoughts about what you'd really like to do in oh future? my goodness if i w to be aged about 55 and playing the doctor i think that's all of our dream isn't it yeah i'm 55 next year <laughs> oh my goodness magic well you <laughs> be talking to myself <clears throat> I? I, I, I love what you do with the daleks i oh, you know you. that's i love what you do with the daleks uh that real just that that deliciousness of that evil as terence Dix always used to say there's absolutely nothing good about a dialect you see you know that their one response is to uh do, do uh you know they have no conversation they have no lighter side you see that their one response is to exterminate you <laughs> i know it is glorious to play that's yeah, fantastic yeah. i think you've made them wonderfully there's an impatience you've brought to them as well not only now will the daleks exterminate you if you disobey them they'll exterminate you if you irritate them and i think that is just delicious brilliant of course it's all in the writing part. it's all in the writing um uh, two last questions now well, i don't know whether you ever listen to any big finish do you listen to any yes i do i do um okay I'd well what's been tingling your molecules or agitating them i can't decide which word to use um about big finish at the moment that you've listened to recently anything in particular i thought um i remember listening back to uh, the the you are the doctor um uh, episodes with uh, oh. sylvester and sophie which that was actually my first big finish uh -huh. um so I'm, I'm very grateful and affectionate for that and the sense of uh, the the uh, listener being able to navigate their way through and also um and i know sylvester very very well he's a great mate on many a monday night we'll go for a, an indian at the fleet tandoori and uh the sense of uh, pure disbelief sort of seeing sylvester as the doctor right by my side it really was like being in a parallel world i have to borrow tom's voice just to uh just to uh convey uh, the sense of uh of what that felt like <laughs> tom being here as well today the anecdotes are just wonderfully endless you've met him before you? yes. yeah yes um over uh let me see i think the fir the first time was when we we, we did a, a show called uh, alter ego together which the, the idea was you impersonate the person whilst being them right. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> some could take it in their stride more more than others uh tom and patrick moore were the ones who uh who took it in their stride with, with, with tom and patrick moore it was as if do an impression at the side of them and uh it's like they've got a new uh, mischievous twin <laughs> to collaborate with <laughs> so that was very very interesting indeed yes I've always thought that Sir Patrick Moore would have given the doctor some great advice on where to land the TARDIS in the solar system Neptune well no I would probably sort of like set it to hover somewhere in orbit Mars probably Sirtis Major I would think <laughs> <laughs> who, who couldn't who couldn't deal with it was there anyone had difficulties oh, with, with, with doing an impression i heard that um michael mcintyre had been a little bit what what is this what is the meaning of this why, why are they impersonating me why are they impersonating me um <laughs> that almost sounded like a darling <laughs> didn't it <laughs> <laughs> put a little bit of like a happy comedy that's a, yeah that'd be an interesting hybrid wouldn't oh, it oh yeah the comedy darling oh <laughs> goodness gracious um but I heard that he wasn't immediately sure. Apparently, he'd said um, that 
his granny had watched the, the sketches that we did of him and thought it was him. And uh, <laughs> he said he couldn't bring himself to look at it because it would scare the life out of him. <laughs> Although at a charity do, um, not long after that, um, for the variety charity, he, w- he was doing an auction. And uh, he, he said, he says, you sort of come on the stage and you can impersonate me with me. And maybe one of these people will give something to the auction for this, for this. Um, so uh, he, he, he couldn't have been that, um, you know, uh, down about it if he did a generous thing like that. Um, but yes, usually it's people who you don't do that they're, they're more offended that way around. Oh, yeah, yes. You know, people want to be on the radar, so they want you to... It's a very good point, isn't it? Yes. There was that whole thing with Michael Heseltine wanted his uh, spitting image puppet, didn't he? Oh, yeah. 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 Quite a lot of people, you know, bought them. Um, you know, David Steele thinking that, you know, his being in David Owen's pocket was very damaging. Mm-hmm. Um, Margaret Thatcher saying, yes, it's very amusing, but secretly not quite liking it, you know, no. but having wanting to be seen to be amenable to it. It's very interesting. I had the same thing when that guy went on Britain's Got Talent with a saucepan on his head pretending to be a talent. <laughs> <laughs> People say, you have a job then, Nick. I, and I, I just said, yes, he's better than me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's impossible. That's impossible. <laughs> now, the other fi- and final question you'll be relieved to hear is um, what is agitating your mod- molecules about entertainment generally something that you're into at the moment you know something on tv radio a book anything you like that is particularly entertaining you that you can share with us and recommend to people let me see let me see let me see i've seen a few clips um of uh, forces of nature which is going to be brian cox's latest Uh event and I i do think he's a brilliant um science communicator um and you know that now that he's sort of like uh doing other stuff on top of all the astronomy um i'm enjoying watching all of that um and i think the techniques that he's showing are really stretching out <laughs> and the sense of looking up at something bright and pointing before the camera pulls back for a cinematic silhouette <laughs> <laughs> there's plenty of that so that that'll be good for the um uh, just you know topping up the uh, profile of the impression of you know one of my favorite characters what else uh, <laughs> randomly um i i caught an old episode of um arthur c clark's mysterious world oh my goodness right yeah. i love picking out random things mm. unexpectedly like that and that was a, a fantastically enigmatic program the way he would walk along a beach in colombo and then dispel all the logic about any particular paranormal subject. I thought it was absolutely wonderful, that. Arthur C. Clarke, he could work with the Doctor, couldn't he? Oh, yeah. Well, he, he predicted so much of the future, didn't he? Yes, technology. he did. He yeah, did. He, he really, it. really did. Some of his um, descriptions of the, the iPad, for example, I think in the late 60s, Arthur C. Clarke was describing a small handheld computer which would show an image no bigger than a stamp. And if you type in a simple binary code that image will fill the entire screen and this was in the late 60s how close was that and that just must have seemed like some nonsense vision back then yes yes poppycock (laughs) they would have said as they did in those days so yes i like random things Mm. like that well okay we've had your all your favorites and i think uh, i can let you get back to work now 
Well, yes, yes, to be a very delicious uh, alien creature. I remember um, just studying um, for this and looking at the when that uh, character, the father of, uh, of who I'm portraying, first appeared. Imagine being a seven-year-old and seeing that, this sort of really sinister, you know, seeing those, um, being a child in those days and seeing uh, some of those scenes. Terrifying. I will, of course, bleep out all the references there, so that'll be fascinating for people. <laughs> but uh, David will interview you later about that. All right. Yes, am, I, I'm, am I giving away things too early? Thank you very much. Nick, it's a great pleasure. Thank you. Really lovely to have that chat with John and, and to meet him properly. Uh, I think I'd, I had met him before briefly at a screening. Did we mention that in the interview? I don't know. We probably did. Anyway, um, it's, it's Louise Jameson. Louise Jameson, you are <laughs> laughing at, at the pop shield on my recorder. It looks like a very furry condom. <laughs> <laughs> Right, that's been recorded for posterity. Uh, <clears throat> how are you doing, Lou? I'm great. How are you? I'm a bit toured out. I'm in the middle of um, a mousetrap tour. So I started January the 4th and we're now the middle of July. And are we the middle of July? I don't even know what day um, it is. Middle sort of, of july Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nearly the middle. And... Uh, yeah, I'm a bit, I'm a bit tired. This is my week off, and I've given it a big finish. That's how much I love you. Oh, thank goodness. I mean, we, <laughs> we, we've got so many scripts piling up for you, and you're just not available. Oh, I'm, well, I'm thrilled to hear that, and you know, I, you know how I feel about big finish. David Richardson, by the way, said I had to mention him three times. So can I do that now? Yeah. David Richardson, David Richardson, David Richardson. That's four because you said <laughs> oh, David yes. Richardson said. <laughs> so got a bonus, <laughs> your bonus for ten. <laughs> David Richardson. What can you say about David oh, Richardson? Look, I absolutely love David Richardson. He creates the best working atmosphere. He welcomes everybody. He's aware of everybody's diet. He makes cups of tea. He's just very astute on the casting. He's And he's quietly humble in the corner of the room. He won't take credit. That's true. It's not all about him, but actually Ever. it is. <laughs> but it is, though. That's he's the quite good with thing. the banter as well. Yeah. He's been yeah. trying to teach me to banter, which I don't oh. do terribly well. What is banter? How it's, do you define banter? It's about banter? being slightly rude to people. Oh, ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to... He said I'm useless at it. <laughs> You're quite rude to me. Oh, it's because I love you. We oh. tease those we love the most. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. The awful thing comes, doesn't it, when there's an imbalance, when someone believes they have a relationship with someone that they don't have. And yeah. yeah, yes, that can, that can, yes, that can tip the boat a bit. When am I rude to you? I'm not rude to you. <laughs> no, it's true. I made it up. Yes. <laughs> I made it up to sound clever. Yeah. <laughs> um, OK, now there are two questions I ask people in the podcast. Okay. Just two. I mean, and anything else that comes out is fine. Well, one of them is... I'm not sure what the answer is to this with you. I mean, do you listen to any Big Finish? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I listen to nearly all of them. I've got a little pile stacked up at the minute just because I haven't had the time. The ones you're in, you mean? Yes, yes. Yes, <laughs> yes, I do. A, yeah. Is there anything... Well, I get sent them all. Yes. So they're there. And um, I, gra I grab them when I have a long journey. I grab them. They're in a little shelf by the front door. I grab them, which I think is when a lot of people listen to big finish is in the car i mean oh, we have all this yeah. amazing equipment but um 
but actually you know to make sure that the sound is perfect and the balance is right and all that but most people are listening to them on a rather tinny yeah. radio with something <laughs> yeah, 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 going yeah, it's underneath true. it it's yeah. true. it has to work for both yes it things. does yeah that's something i have to watch with the sound designers when they say no 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 you can hear it i say yeah but people won't be able to hear it in their car yeah. or when they're on the tube listening to yeah. it on an ipod or an iphone or whatever People still have iPods. I suppose they do, don't they? I have to, don't ask me. <laughs> I bought one a long time ago. It's quite thick, though. I don't think they're that thick. Now. No, I think no. I think whatever they are is very slim. <laughs> whatever they do. Um, so, what is agitating your molecules, particularly about Big Finish, that you've listened to one recently that you particularly liked or thought, oh, that was a good one? Um, survivors. Oh, yeah. I, I'm so proud and pleased to be part of that series um, and I thought Jane Moore this is an episode that I'm not in gave a particularly brilliant performance in uh, episode one of the fourth series um, as the Prime Minister's wife very recently widowed and she just hit the balance between practicality and emotion and truth number 10 will be locked down and quarantined in 10 minutes Colonel ma'am we're to evacuate to Whitehall and await further instructions. I'll get my things. I can't let you do that, ma'am. Am I to leave everything, Colonel? I have my orders, ma'am. This building's contaminated. We must evacuate immediately. Follow me. There'll be plenty of resources where we're going. Will my husband's body be dealt with appropriately, Colonel? Number 10 is to be quarantined, ma'am. Nobody in or out. Of course. I'm sorry. No need to be. I entirely understand. I, I thought it was wonderful. Marvellous. Marvellous. Do you know her? I do know her, but I don't think any of you knew that I knew her. She's one of my dearest friends, yes. Yeah, oh. So I knew the voice. I didn't look at the cast list. I knew the voice immediately, and I thought, oh, what brilliant casting. Yeah. yeah well, she was amazing. I mean, I have a very... Um, close intimate knowledge of survivors because I do the music for it so right. I listen to it over and over and over and over mm. again you know so I thought it was an amazing performance yeah yeah brilliant what about generally in entertainment what what is um, you know agitating your molecules at the moment anything you've seen on television or the theatre or read in a book whatever's the title escapes me oh. it was the most wonderful moving Oh, in the West End, just finished, about drug addiction. It's a title, something, something and something. Oh, I'm going to have to go and Google it so I can give you a decent yeah, answer. What about someone's going to know? Open the door and ask okay. someone. Okay. We'll just go out with me not knowing. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to find out. John Dorney knew, of course John Dorney knew. People, places and things. Oh, where's that on? It's not anymore. Oh, it's, it's just come off. And the central performance, again, I can't quote her name, but I'm sure loads of people listening to this will be able to. I, I, was, I just didn't want to move at the end of it. You see the process of uh, rehab through the drug addict's eyes uh, in, in a way that, that was so utterly moving and... Uh, mind-blowingly uh, accurate and articulate uh, uh, it, it was I just didn't want to move at the end you know when the applause started I just wanted to sit there and weep basically uh, it was in, it, and it was such a lesson I do think people should leave a the theatre slightly different from how they went in it I think the theatre should 
alter your state and it can be very slight it can be you just leave happier or you leave more thoughtful but this was uh, this was if you've, if you've had addiction in your in your family or have ever known an addict um it's a must read i mean get hold of the script if you didn't get to see it uh, it was so edu educative is that a word educational yeah. it yeah, was educative. i learned I think that's a, a lot well, yeah. yeah um is that the same for all forms of art all forms of writing and entertainment that you feel the audience should be somehow changed by it i think should's quite a emotive word because that's always somebody else's point of view isn't it should ought to that's 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 not that doesn't come from you could you could be altered i think we have a duty to connect with our audience yeah what about when you've written for Big Finish? Because you've written, well, you've written an episode of Survivors or two episodes. Of it? I can't uh, remember. No, I've written a Doctor Who and a Survivors. I've written co-written the Doctor Who with Nigel Fares and uh, the Survivors. I've just doing my second Survivors, and my f I've done and my first Omega Factor. So what's that for? You keep coming back, which I'm thrilled about. Uh, I. And I am—I know I've said it before, but I'm incredibly grateful that you've. I know you want more women writers, which is why I'm being encouraged. And I hope it hasn't been at the expense of a of a better male writer. Um, I, and and I do definitely bring a feminine take. I know I do that, um, but I do feel like I'm being paid to learn. So thank you. Oh, that's good. I must just obviously take you to task because you have this thing about me that I am always mentioning we and poo. <laughs> <laughs> and and then it's you true. Wrote, yeah. it's true <laughs> I don't know what it's it is um, and then because uh, just to explain to the listeners if, if I make some kind of rude reference like that you look at your watch and go oh yes yeah, 10 past 11 or whatever the time is you know that I finally I held out a long time today a long time today yeah, it was yeah. like half past, what time is it now it was about half an hour ago yeah so it was about four o'clock yay yeah. Um, but then you went and wrote the first ever Big Finish <laughs> script that has someone having a wee in it. <laughs> well, so what kind of hypocrite are you? It was an all-female <laughs> cast. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really interested in this justification. You yeah. know, this, the, the, there's a kind of joke that women never go to the loo. On the, you know, the, if you're at a, in a pub, someone, a woman gets up to go to the loo and three or four others, you go with them and yeah, you have a little yeah. gossip in there and you do your makeup and sometimes you don't close the door, you just sit and have your wee. You just, it's just, there's just a kind of ease and a kind of... That's just what women do. And I just thought it was a very good... It was a very good way of going, we're girls, we're women together. And we just have that... We have yeah. that easiness. With no, and it other. works perfectly. Thank I you. Can. I think I even put some nice tinkly music <laughs> on that bit. Well, you enjoyed that, did it just for you? And I think while I was listening to it, I wrote to you and said, You <laughs> have just put away. Golly, Abby. Oh, God, you nearly gave me a heart attack. What is it? Call of nature. Oh, fine, but don't go into the... It's my weak bladder. Abby! She mustn't go into the woods. I'll go with her. I could do with a P2. Lock the door, Jenny. Hey, Abby, wait for me. We should keep together. Abby, you know the rules. <laughs> you must have been desperate. 
But, you know, there's also a rape, there's a near miscarriage. There were lesbians, but I had to cut them. Did you? Why? Um, because uh, because David was very sensitive about one of them being a baddie and uh-huh. and being politically correct, and it wasn't necessary to the storytelling. It was just incidental that she was gay, so you know, wasn't necessary. Yeah, and maybe it was a maybe it was a spoonful too much. We are women, you know. Maybe it was a spoonful too much. I mean, just putting everything I could in there that was female oriented. <laughs> it was a, a really good story. I loved it. I absolutely it's loved dark, it. Dark, dark. Uh, story. And then, uh, did you say you did a, put a poo in one as well? A poo? Yeah. Did I? Didn't you? You wrote to me and said I've just put a poo in a script. Oh, really? Well, did I just dream that? Did I just? No, I think I probably did send you an email, but I'm not sure it was the truth. <laughs> so, say, is that some sort of harassment? <laughs> sending me emails about yeah. poo. Sack me. <laughs> never, never. Uh, when did we first meet? You came to. You interviewed me in a, in a museum somewhere. That's <laughs> correct. Where, I wonder where whether was you remember. Where? It was for a myth makers. It was up yeah. north somewhere, wasn't it? It was had a sort of Victorian theme and, and I, I think that was meant to sort of relate to Leela. That must have been 1991. I know I was wearing, because I've seen it, I, I've got a photograph somewhere of you doing the interview and I'm wearing a jacket that I wore at my wedding. So it had to be after 1990. But it must have been early 90s. Yeah. Goodness. Anyway. Yeah, and I remember I came and did an interview with you for Doctor Who magazine and you cooked me a meal while we were doing the interview. Did I? Yeah. While we were chatting? Yeah, you said, are you hungry? And I went, well, yeah, okay. And you went, right, okay. And you were just <laughs> frying stuff up. And you That's my brilliant. speciality. I just, I don't cook to recipes. I just haul whatever's in the cupboard out and put it all together. That's good. Anyway, that's all from recipe time. <laughs> And thank you. What what a lovely day we've had. And there's more of it tomorrow. Always a great day. Always. Bye. What? Bye. Is that it? That's it, yeah. And there you have it. Uh, Quite fitting in a way that we end with Lou there because she uh, is such a a close friend of uh, Big Finishes and all of us. Um, We love working with her. And um, yes, that just seemed a nice way to end. Before this podcast finishes, I just have some quasi news for you. Of course, the uh, 12 Days of Big Finishmas uh, should be continuing if you listen to this on the 2nd of January. Uh, what will we be at by then? I think we'll be on the 10th day of Big Finishmas, and there are, of course, two more days of it after this. I'm not going to give you any news about that. You have to go to the site and find out what it is or look on Facebook. Why not do that? Yeah, the Big Finish Facebook page. The other bit of news is that I don't know whether any of you have ever tried in recent months to search for anything on the Big Finish website by using the search uh, pane window thingy function at the top of the uh, website homepage, top right hand corner. Um, But in recent months, it has been sort of playing up and we've been trying to do something about it. And our good friends at Hughes Media, who uh, run our website and look after it with loving care, eventually responded to one of my, for goodness sake, can't we do something about this uh, emails? And uh, They have managed to stop the search function from returning very eccentric results. Basically, you know, to give you an example, if you searched for Tom Baker, most of the results you'd get on the first page were Colin Baker. And it wasn't until you got to about the fourth page of results that it was Tom Baker. 
that's all changed they've done some clever stuff so if you're looking for anything on the big finish website you now can with quite a degree of confidence use the search function as news stories go that's not that exciting just before i go uh here is something exciting and it's a trailer i'll leave you with that uh we'll be with you next week benji will be back contain your excitement bye for now coming soon from big finish productions the stranger came early in february one wintry day through a biting wind and a driving snow the invisible man you theorize away I'm going to ask no more questions, but only take his money. I am an experimental investigator. I do not wish to be disturbed in my work. I'm interested, I suppose, in light. Where the devil are you, sir? I'm standing before you, man. Inches from your face. Come. Let us shake hands, like gentlemen. I do believe he'd already started to unravel, even then. Please! He's gone mad! Everyone! The invisible man's gone mad! It's too late! Too late for you all! I am now amongst you. Dear God, dear merciful God, defend us. All is darkness now. Darkness rising. Big Finish. We love stories. <laughs>